All right, so we're going to kind of start talking about this a little bit. So as you filled it out, I'm imagining some of you were like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. And then I imagine others of you are kind of like, oh, I could really maybe grow or change in some of these areas. I don't want you to get discouraged by it. Did anybody, was anybody kind of surprised by it or is there any comments you guys have? Not so much? Okay, it's very personal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's very personal. And it's very, um, I, wanna, I want to encourage you that even if you feel like you filled it out and you're like, oh my word, there's a lot of work to do, I want you to be hopeful because the more we understand about ourselves and the more we understand kind of where maybe some of those areas of weakness are, the more we can change them, right? And the more we can start working on them. So be encouraged by that. So I have three people I'm going to introduce you to today on this nice whiteboard. And try not to be too amazed by my artistic ability. <laughs> it's very Pinterest worthy. So, um, so the first person that I'm going to introduce you to is, um, oh, let me get a marker that works better, um, is Barb Wire Barb. So I'm sorry if anyone's name is Barb in the room. So please don't take it personally. Okay, so this is Barb Wired Barb. And Barb is someone who um, has placed a lot of barbed wire around her life. So basically, she has said, if you come close to me, I will cut you, basically. She's very clear about it, okay? Um, Barb's answer to most things, almost to all things, is no. So when she's asked about different things, she says no. And she's very guarded off, right? And really, though, the interesting thing about Barb is she's coming from a place of pain and a place of loss, and her... A lot of how she feels, actually, is she's pretty sad. She's coming from that really sad place, right? So that's Barb. Um, the next person I want to introduce you to, she goes either by Swiss Cheese Susie or Jelly Gel Jen, but I like Jelly Gel Jen better, so I'm just going to call her Jen. And... Jen has, um, Jen's answer to life's uh, opportunities or challenges is definitely yes. And she has all kinds of holes in her life um, because of that. Everything is very... Just fluid. She says yes to so much. But the interesting thing about Jen is she's exhausted because she's saying yes to so many things that she's exhausted. And the other thing, she's drained because all of life is like so draining to her, right? 
And a lot of times it comes from a really good place. But um, so Jen, those are not good eyes at all. Sorry. <laughs> For the most part, Jen is actually mad. She's really mad. Let me give her some eyebrows. She's mad. <laughs> and sometimes she turns into barbed wire barb because she's so angry about things being overwhelming that she comes over then to being almost prickly. Does that sort of make some sense, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm giving you a little bit of extremes, but you get what I'm saying, right? Um, interesting thing about Jen, too, is that she, um, she believes in a lot of ways that um, her identity and worth is based, are based on what she does, what she achieves, what she accomplishes. And I think as women, we have to be really honest about this too, but a lot of what we, we like to be helpers a lot of times, and that's again a bit of a generalization, but we like to help. And so we can get kind of confused about what is that supposed to look like and when am I going too far with that, right? So, um, and also an interesting thing about falling into this category a bit too is then we, it's often transactional too. Like I'm going to help you and we don't like to maybe admit this so much, but I'm going to help you, but I am expecting kind of this in return too, right? And that's, that's a tough place to be in too. But the, the, it's very draining, isn't it, to live like this? Because you constantly feel like your life is out of control because you're saying yes to too many things, right? And it doesn't allow us to live into then, you know, some of those beautiful things that God does call us to in those beautiful relationships even that does, God does call us to because we're saying yes to the things that are actually stealing from us, right? And this also doesn't allow us, right, to live a life of love really either because we're closing ourselves off to any new opportunities and we're isolating ourselves. And again, coming from a place of usually pain or loss or things that have occurred, right? But either way really keeps us from the life God intends for us, either way. So then we have, and I know this is a little cheesy, but we have healthy, happy Hannah. She's our last person. And um, she, on the other hand, is somebody who is able to um, live life from a place of, um, she, it's like, if I can describe it, um, she has very good boundaries around her life. It's almost like you would imagine um, a, like a hotel revolving door. You know, you're letting things in that need to come in, and you're also letting things go that you need to let go of. Does that sort of make sense? You know, so you're allowing the things in that fit your values, that fit your priorities, and then you're letting go of those things that, that do not. And you're practicing being brave enough to allow for those, those life-giving things to come in, and you're allowing for love in that sense too, but you're also protecting yourself, right? 
I was just having a conversation with someone I just met this morning, actually, about friendship. And it's interesting how when we're trying to figure that out too, right? What's a healthy friendship? Who are those people that we let close to us? And who are those people that would be better for us to maybe have out here in this circle? So important. So important, girls. Because if you're allowing people that are kind of like life-sucking or people that don't... um, And I'm not saying you have to be friends with everyone who's just like you. No, absolutely not. I have some fabulous friends who are really not like me, you know. But I do have good, close friends who, you know, have my values, too. And that's helpful, right? I think the, the, what, the point I'm making here, though, is you want to have friends that are supporting, right? Life-giving. If they're not respecting your boundaries, like, for instance, you say no to something, and they're mad for three days, and they don't text you back, or they don't talk with you, that is a sign to you, right? That's a sign to you. And sometimes we sit, oh, I got to text, I got to, you know, pursue harder because they're, you know, no, be discerning. That is not the kind of friendships you want to be spending your time and energy on, right? This is so critical, guys. When I went into college, I was Jelly Jen, said yes to everything. You know, it wasn't really modeled to me very well growing up, so I didn't know much about it and then because of some of my own insecurities so I went in and I I had my best friend who I roomed with and then I had this relationship with this guy that I was in a relationship with if you can be at 18 whatever but anyway it was very unhealthy the relationship I was in so unfortunately during that year I lost my best friend because I had put all my focus on this relationship that I really shouldn't have been, right? I ended up, thankfully, losing that relationship too. But do you get what I mean? There were a lot of losses through that. And I wish I could go back and have been more discerning and better about saying, no, this friendship or this relationship, sorry, with this guy is not life-giving. It's not positive, healthy. I have to let it go. And who knows, I could have still had my friendship with my girlfriend, you know, but that's just an example, you know, does some of this kind of make sense? We, no, go ahead. Yeah, such a good question, such a good question. Yes, definitely. Yes. So then when I'm not, just leave me leave me be. Right. Otherwise I can be you know, the happy, healthy Hannah, then also somebody can come along and then I'll be quickly barred. Sure. You know, sometimes I'm all three. Yes. Yes. It's so interesting, right? But that that's such a great point. And I think maybe if we're all honest, right, we can maybe identify with that, right? And sometimes it depends on our season. It depends on our circumstances, you know. It depends how tired we are. Oh, such a good point, too. If you don't get any sleep, yeah, you can go off the deep end. Right. Right. And that's why it's so tough with, you know, when we have infants or we have little ones, you're basically exhausted all the time, right? Or you have transitions of life. It's true. It's true. It's true. 
And so then we jump, it's true, and I, I just want to caution you so much, is there's actually, and um, uh, those who struggle with addiction in the recovery world too, they talk about how we often are so prone to relapse when we, you, they use the word halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So when we're in those places, it's so easy for us to go back to whatever our addiction is or to jump into being, I think, Barber Jen, right? You know, because, and these are, you, you get what I'm saying when I'm talking about this, is these are some of the extremes, right? Because I think your point is so good is like, it can be a given day, you know, but what I've found, too, over the years, too, is when I am better about setting my boundaries or saying no to something or saying yes to life-giving things or identifying. So this is a really big point, too, is drainers versus fillers. All right. So as women, I think, and again, this is a little bit of a generalization, but I think, I think we are very prone to just having a lot of drainers in our life. And then, you know, not having very many of those fillers, right? And I think even as Christian women, we, you know, we are taught about servanthood and about being Christ-like and all of those things that are so important, but we end up then sometimes getting really off track and not to our due north because, again, we're sucked into some of these things, these shoulds or these things that we should be doing, and we're not being true to the path we're supposed to be taking, right? So interesting is as um, research that's been done like with um, brain speed. So our brains speed up actually, like when we're scrolling. Interesting, right? It's a drainer. Um, actually, our husbands and our children are drainers. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but they are. They're outputs, right? So we have to know that. I mean, they're great, wonderful, right? Most of the time, sometimes not, but most of the time they're great. And so, you know, we want obviously those things in our lives, but they're also drainers. They are. So if we're not doing and practicing self-care, and I remember like when my kids were little and somebody would get up and talk about self-care and I'd be like, huh, that's so funny. You know, how do you do that? Really? You know, but it's true. And it's research proven, too, if we do these good self-care things like getting our rest or eating right or, you know, those are the things that allow us then to have some fillers in our life so we can be the kind of moms we want to be, the kind of wives we want to be, the kind of friends we want to be, right? But we have to be in tune to that enough to be able to say, you know, guess what? I need some rest. I actually need to go to bed at 8 o'clock, and can we ask for help? And sometimes it's not possible if we're single parents, you know. That's really tough, right? So I'll just give you a little example. I was working with a, a young mom, and her kids were actually kind of varied in age, 10 and 4 and an infant. And her husband got a job on the East Coast, just like a temporary job. That she knew she had like four months of just doing the single parenting thing. He would come in and out. But she got really creative about asking some friends 
You know, would you bring a meal once a week? Or would you come over Saturday morning and just hang out and then she could go run an errand? Or, and we just got really creative with that, of how that could work for her. And then she made it through those three, four months a whole lot better than if, I think we do this, we just suck it up and deal with it, right? And say, oh, we should, that's what we have to do. And I'm saying that, uh, that depletes us or, or it shuts us down, and we're so guarded that we don't have, I think, the love God intends for us either. Does this sort of make some sense? So, you know, that I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to think about, and as you filled out the self-assessment, I think you probably noticed maybe some of those areas that are harder for you. I really want you to think about how could I... Is it possible for me to practice healthier boundaries, right? Is it possible for me, you know, to say no to some things or to do some things differently, right? Can I, can I give an uh, input on what you just said? Because I used to be the yes mom. Okay, yep. And I said yes to everything. And my husband at one point said, you like the boys, you, you're big of a boy. And I was little up and I now have two children. And then I ended up having a set of twins. Oh, wow. It shut everything I down. I <laughs> was swim, and my husband worked like 80 hours a week. Wow. And I had to make these last I became a no mom, but what happened is the pressure you deal with when you say no is, oh, but he really needs it. It's like calling your guilt. I'll tell you the biggest thing the Lord gave me wisdom on was, let me pray about it. Mm-hmm. And I said that, and I legitimately prayed about it, and got that answer. There was no argument, no right. Right. And that ended all arguments. And that was the best answer. And that's the best advice I can give you to get that pressure off of you because people will try to guilt you when you need to. There's nobody else. And it yeah. Ended yeah. I love that. I love that example. And I want to say to that, too, what, what you ended up having to do. What's your name again? Tracy. No, that's all right. Tracy had to be brave, didn't she? She had to say, I will pray about it. And you did. But sometimes when we say no, we have to be really brave about that because you aren't going to have people necessarily that are understanding of that. Do you know what I mean? Or you're going to disappoint people because they want you to do what they want you to do, right? So it's challenging. Go ahead. How many, I don't know how many of you have met, Tracy. How many children do you have now? Because that's another thing you need to say because that's... Yeah. yeah, so you have your plateful. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. And with that then, okay, so it's different for Tracy than it is maybe for someone who has one child, right? And so it's different, right? And you have to be very creative. You have to get very creative with that, right? But next week, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff about wholehearted living that I think is super powerful and important things in terms of how we get shamed and I'm going to go into that a little more next week because there's some really good research on that also and strategies to be able to use to fight against that because I do think we get sucked in you know with this boundary thing with but I need to do that or I should do that and then we do our extremes right we either become Barb or we become Jen and it doesn't serve us well right yes say no to somebody 
But they keep asking you the same thing every week. Yes. Over and over, and it's like, I already told you no last week. Why do you think it's right. this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that's true, right? That's yep. reality of life, too, where people are super persistent. And to me, that right there is they're not respecting your boundaries. They're not. You know, I was just talking to a mom yesterday with a 12-year-old, and he's got some anger things going on. But one of the things he does is he comes, He this happened last week, he came into the car and he was like super amped up and he was like, I need new shoes and I need them now. You know, he was very aggressive, right? And she tried to respond in a calm way, like, no, that's not what we're doing today. You know, we're actually have these different things going on. And he just got more and more aggressive, right? And then she didn't thankfully give in and go get him the shoes, but it became this huge fight between the two of them. And I would say, you say no, you let your no be no and your yes be yes. And they come back to you the next week and say, oh, but I really need you to, you know, and then you say, actually, you know, and you can do it in a polite way, right? You know, but actually, I cannot do that. I told you last week and my answer is the same. Or, or, I, get the an- or I get the response, well, I know you said no last week. Right. Right. It's like, listen, lady. Right. <laughs> right. And because, you know, because I'm a recovering gen, I, I do, I've gotten better at it. You know, I just get clearer about it. Before I would be like, well, I don't think so. But so then, of course, they're going to come back and say, well, maybe you've changed your mind or maybe I could, you know, so. My, my husband is an over-the-road truck driver long haul. Mm. So he's home every six weeks at this point. Yeah. And the friend I'm referring to is a single mom that's about, 20-some years younger than me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, like, literally old enough to be your mother, um, but she wants to go to a single mom's group, and she's like, well, I know you're not a single mom, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not a single mom, I'm married, yes, my husband's not home, but I'm not a single mom, I'm not doing this alone, and no, I don't want to go to a single mom's group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the big picture of that, obviously she's coming from, I think your friend is coming from, she would love to have you with her. And she would love to maybe it's have somebody come. She drive and she wants a ride. Okay, so she wants a ride, <laughs> you know? But then to be able to say, I can, maybe I can do that, or but I don't, you know, that's not right. on my agenda right now, you know? <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we take it on our shoulders, don't we, oftentimes? Yeah. Like, oh, this is for me to do, this is what I have to do, because this was a, you know, opportunity given to me. And I say the healthier you are, the more you're able to say, no, actually, this is not something I can do, and it's okay for you to say no. In fact, it's good for you to say no. Yeah. Right. Right. No. Right. 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 That's such a good question. 
Yeah, such a good question and such a real, you know, we love the ideal of life, right? But we live in the real, right? So that situation is a very real situation, right? And we're going to, so next week we're going to talk about wholehearted living. And the th week three, we're going to talk about time management. And I, th I think that's going to have some really valuable stuff addressing this. But I would say, too, is try to really think about, again, go back to your drainers and fillers. And it's not going to be the same. For each one of us, you know, for somebody, one thing might feel really good. And for someone else, something else is a filler for them. But think about that. Be in tune with what that is. And then, you know, getting kind of creative with what that looks like. Right. But I, I really like that. Exactly. With the good tone and approach and just say, this is the thing that would really help me. And hope that they listen and that. You know, they're willing to help out with that. Yes. Um, you keep referring to ask for help. And this kind of goes along with even with what Kim says, you know. She's asking her husband for help, basically. I need, I need some time. I need some free time. And I, I'm an older American girl from here. But yeah. I'm taking care of an aging parent. Yeah. Absolutely, you absolutely, so yeah. Yes. 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 Yes, it's a great question. And it's very difficult because sometimes I think asking for help is being vulnerable. I really do. It is hard, right? It's hard to admit. It's us getting to that place where we're saying, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, this is my capacity, and I realize that I'm over it, you know, and I need some help, right? And that, you're right, that is very difficult, especially if your husband maybe is someone or your, you know, people around you. Or siblings, exactly. Yes, yes. Right. You know, I got siblings that could step up. Could step up. Yep, yep. And, you know, part of that, I think, you know, your tendency, I think, in some ways is going to be if you've asked, right, you've made how much, do, how many time? I have five minutes. Oh, that's so too bad. <laughs> okay. I want to talk more about that next time. All right. And I do want to do, I really want to do one little thing before we leave. I have two things I want to do with you. Um, I'm going to give you a handout. Lori's going to help me with that. The handout is on boundaries and just some more information. And the handout is on um, a values exercise. Okay. So I want you to look at it. If you get time between now and then, I want you to look at it. Look at what your, identify your values. Just take some time with it and say, these are my top three values. And then on the other side of it, there's a lantern, and it talks about how we want to let those, those values light the way and the protective factors we want to put around that. So please do that maybe between now and when we meet next week, okay? And, okay, go ahead. Um, in response to what she was saying back there, I've been in that situation, yep. and it's a, it goes with communication. Letting it does. My husband's a big one. Well, we can spend time together cleaning the house. That's not the kind of together time I right. want to spend. Right. So, so explaining what you need exactly. compared to what he 
for right because there's the different right. languages in there too absolutely and part of what i want to say carol to what you just said is i really would like to pick up on that next week of what happens when we do when we're vulnerable and some you know so we ask and then we don't get the response we need and one thing i'm going to do a really quick this is this is transactional analysis um and it's, it's fast, but it gives you something to think about before we come back together again, too, is all of us are in three different roles, okay? We function in three different roles. We function as the parent, we function as the adult, or we function as the child, okay? Parent is like authoritative or could be nurturing. The adult is responsible, right, is uh, taking responsibility, acting in an adult-like manner, independent. Child is dependent or passive, right? So sometimes in our relationships, we also have people that function in these three roles, either as a parent or as an adult or as a child, right? And so one of the things we want to do is we want to stay in our adult role, do you get what I mean with our relationships with others? We want to take responsibility for ourselves. We want to own our stuff. We want to be healthy. So if we have someone ordering us around, kind of, you know, being like a parent to us, we want to stay as an adult. And most of the time what happens then is that other person will shift into then the adult role also. And if they don't, then, you know, again, that's, that's what you're going to keep working on. But we're going to talk a little more about this next time because this is really critical in practicing boundaries too, is staying in our adult role selves, okay? And I'm going to end. I'm sorry to rush it here a little bit. But I'm going to end and I'm going to be vulnerable with you. And I'm going to read a little letter I got from my daughter um, last year, she's an 18-year-old now. Remember the baby I was talking about? She's 18. And she wrote me a little letter because it was, a, um, it was an assignment for school. And um, so she wrote me this little thank you note. And I just want to read it to you a second. Dear Mom, I'm so thankful for you. Over the summer, I nannied three days a week, and I realized how hard and important the job of a mom is. Kids hardly ever realize all their moms do for them. It took doing this to realize that I hope you never forget how amazed I am at everything you do and have sacrificed to give me a good childhood and a good future. It means so much to me that you wake up every morning and make me breakfast and that you drop things off at school when I need them or, and you take care of me when I'm sick and tired or tired and you have dinner made for Dad and I and Caleb. The list could go on and on. You took on the job of being a mom along with a normal job that also takes a lot of time and energy, and somehow you managed to do it well. This sentence is really important. Thank you for loving me in a way that no one else in my life has. When I grow up, I hope I can find a new layer of strength inside me to be able to juggle being a mom and a worker too, and you have modeled it well for me. Wow. And I just, the reason I share it, I just share it because... This letter to me, and this is where I'm going to try hard not to cry, is redemption. Because I grew up, I didn't have that. In fact, I, in that, it's a complicated story and I'm not going to go into it, but I have no memory. I have no memory of my mom ever making me breakfast. I don't. I don't. I don't. 
So I'm just saying to you girls, whatever it is that you've been modeled or what you've been through, you can do it different. This is redemption right here. And not because I was perfect. I did not. My husband and I, I could go on and on about that too, but I won't. But, you know, I'm just like you in that I've had my, we've had our trials, we've had our adversity, we've had our ups and downs, right? But I chose, I said, no, I'm going to, I did my gen for a while, and I was like, sick of that. So I chose to say, I'm going to do these boundaries. I'm going to say no to things so that I can say yes to her. I'm going to say no to things so I can say yes to my priorities, my values, which is my marriage, my family, my faith. I'm doing it. And yeah, it was hard. I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, it was easy. It wasn't. But this right here, that's God's redemption right there. That he was, she's able to say, I saw you doing that too. Right? Just as I said at the start, God sees you. He sees what you're doing. He sees this, what we feel like is mundane work. But it's valuable. It's sacred work. Right? So don't lose sight of that. And God is going to keep helping you and providing for you and allowing you to see where we can look more like Hannah because I do believe that's God's, God's intention for us, right? So I'm just going to say a quick prayer, right? Lord, thank you for today, this time. Thank you for these beautiful girls, Lord. And I just pray that as we go from here, we can be encouraged. We can walk faithfully. We can practice our healthy boundaries, Lord. We can look at our compass, and we can point due north, and we cannot get distracted, God. Help us to continue to be faithful and to trust you and your provision for us. And we give you today in your son's name. Amen. All right. Thank you, girls. Yeah.